Yeah, Derek has a question. What's, uh, what was your first? <laughs> what big league stadium you watched your first game? Was it here or where? As a fan? Yeah. Uh, it was in Toronto. Toronto. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the best podcast in baseball brought to you by Closet by Design in St. Louis. I'm St. Louis Post-Dispatch baseball writer Derek Gould, joined this week by reporter, host for Bally Sports Midwest. You know him for his regional cable sports journalism excellence. Correct. Did I get that right? Correct. Correct. It's Jim Hayes. And, Jim, I want to start here before I surprise you with the detour I took before our conversation um, with... There's been a whole lot around the Cardinals as far as reunion goes. you got Albert Pujols back, Skip Schumacher back. And I'm wondering, through all of these returns, were you hoping that Joe Kelly would be back? There's a list of guys I'd love to see back. I mean, Matt Adams just signed an independent league deal. A lot of guys that I like. I understand that there's fits and some guys don't fit. I thought Joe Kelly was going to be a fit because... Uh, I think they needed a power arm, and he wanted to come here, but it didn't work out. And part of that, I think, is the Cardinals knew that Helsley's healthy. And what we've seen from Helsley is a power pitcher. And, you know, he had he had that knee surgery, which the knee was a problem for him, and he looks like he's the guy we saw at his peak. So I think that's probably part of it. I'm happy to see Helsley healthy and, and doing it. I just I thought it added to some of the hijinks that you enjoy. Is hijinks the right word? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Joe Kelly, I mean, I, I mean, the, 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 top of the, uh, the, the top of the mountain for Joe Kelly was when I had Nelly booked as a live guest on pregame show, which is pretty good, mm-hmm. right? And then Joe Kelly said, hey, I have an old man mask. Can you use me on pregame? And I thought, well, we already have Nelly. But then I thought... Yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> so I told him, wait till I start doing a live interview with Nelly and do your thing. And he came in and he, you know, as an old guy, thinking, pretending he was, uh, he thought Nelly was another rapper. And Nelly had no idea it was Joe Kelly. And it was awesome. And apparently when he went to Boston, they had seen that. And they had Joe Kelly, did you know this, dressed as an old reporter. And he went around and interviewed Red Sox teammates. I did not know this. Yeah, he was dressed as, like, I forget what name they gave him, but, you know, a typical older reporter, print guy, so not wearing a suit. Just like me. Yeah, like you, like dressed casually, mm-hmm. and uh, but not as stylish, because older, us older folks aren't as stylish. And he went around and interviewed Big Poppy. He called him Big Poopy, by the way. And, <laughs> and his teammates had no idea it was Joe Kelly. And they made a feature of that for the Red Sox media. And he, he's, he's a great personality, and he's pitched at the, you know, on the biggest stage and, and done well. Um, so, yeah, he would have been a good fit, but I'm, I'm happy Helsley is healthy and the Cardinals went in that direction. How much do you enjoy or look at your job as being a window into the personalities of the players? Like you, Part of your role is sometimes teasing that out so that fans get to know them beyond the batter's box or away from the pitching rubber? I mean, I honestly think that may be the most important part of my job. I mean, let's be honest. I'm not hired because I was eye candy. Um, you know, I, my thing is I want to relate to the players, establish some sort of trust, um, and 
try to get them to show their personality. And I think that's really important. You know, it's funny because we're on the road now, and it's been a long time. And one of my things when I was like, you know, what do we want to do differently? I want to get back to making sure baseball's fun and making sure that players show their personalities and personalities and take advantage of the fact that I have some time with them where I could maybe reach that level where they're okay with doing a hotel room interview where we look for ghosts or sit by the pool and I'm wearing a dumb hat. I, I plan on doing more of that because I think that's really important. And it's funny because Wayno was on our broadcast the other day and he was talking about baseball and and reaching younger fans. And he said one of the main things is we got to get our personalities out there. And I agree with that. So I'm doing my little part in that. And I, I think it's an important one. We're talking in the press box at Lone Depot Park. Is which what it is? It is Lone Depot. Little L, capital D. Lo- Maybe it's Lone Depot. Or Lone yes. Depot. Someone, someone on Twitter corrected me when I, when I had a capital L for Lone. But that's fine. I don't put too much stock in the, in the, in the sponsored name of a ballpark. You call it Bush Stadium. I do, but... You know, that's because that's ours. <laughs> I'm a rights holder. Uh, and it doesn't change every year. Yeah, this used to be Marlins Park, um, Lone Depot. I hadn't been here in a while. I hadn't been here since it was Marlins Park. But you brought it up. It is good to have you back on the road. Um, you know, that the 2020 on the road was way different than anything I'd ever experienced. A challenge, um, not anything that anybody wants to go through uh, again, um, that left the ballparks empty, left them somewhat haunted. Um, left them feeling really kind of hollow a lot of times um you know and then last year was just a whole new wrinkle to things um somewhat getting back to normal but not quite normal how have you found the access on the road allowing you to tell better stories you you mentioned the pool right you were out with tj mcfarland is that right um at the pool i mean do you do you feel like being back on the road after a couple of years that that there is a benefit to being here because of the stories you can tell well let's just say that decisions were made for safety and we get that but yeah. i can tell you danny mack is better when he's on the road he knows that he wanted to be on the road but he understood we don't make policy and there's yeah. a lot of factors involved you know um for me doing interviews via zoom i did the best i could you know to try to show personality but it's funny some of the guys that you know while we were just doing zooms i didn't really get to know like you know and you talk to players about doing the zoom interviews you know they're looking at a at a whole camera bank of faces they don't really know and they can't hear that well they're not comfortable and even when i was doing one-on-one zooms it just wasn't the same thing so being on the road getting a little more time where the players can see you and kind of know where you're coming from is a huge help and i'm hoping to use that all season long to tell better stories and to my main thing is you know to show personality and have fun and, you know, opening day this year, to me, was so special. Not just because of Albert, which was cool. You know, that was That's an added ring. Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols, correct. Well, oh. Jeff Albert's the hitting coach. Yeah. I mean, I got a – it's Al- a podcast. Albert Brooks is really a funny actor. He's one yeah. of my favorites. So Absolutely. I wasn't – but th- we're talking Albert Pujols, and that was great. But really, just a sense of returning to normalcy and the appreciation of opening day – at Bush Stadium, being the way it normally is, 
to me, I'll always remember that. And and just to see, you know, like fans have always been Cardinal fans have always been great to me. Like I know I, I was born in New York. I'm an outsider, but they've always been nice to me, and I'll never forget that. And just to see fans and to talk to fans and everything. Um, and seeing them enjoying it the way they normally have. Baseball is unlike other sports to me because baseball is normalcy. I honestly think baseball's good for the soul. Mm. And having baseball return the way it has, I think, has done a lot of good for a lot of folks. What's your read on this team so far uh, as it nears the end of the first long, well, the first road trip of the season? Well, first off, the pool hole signing. Um, you know, there was a time last year I didn't think it would happen, and I don't know as he was as really the right fit last year. You bring the DH in, and they need someone to face lefties, and it was a perfect fit. And whatever money they spent, they've already made back. And you see Albert. I mean, we saw the off-season video. You saw it. He looked like he was in really good shape. And you see him at the plate now. He's a weapon. And I think it was Skip Schumacher said, there's a fear factor for other teams that's real. Like, you have to plan for Albert Pools. So that's, that has worked out well. I think they're going to hit a lot this year. I think they're going to be really good offensively. I know there were questions about the starting rotation based on guys' health. You know, Jack's still working his way back. Um, Reyes, you know, still working his way back. But I think the starting rotation is going to be good. I think we're starting to see it settle in a little bit. We'll see what Hicks has tonight. I'm interested to see what he has. He's looked good so far coming out of the pen. I think they're going to be good. I like the bullpen, but I think the main thing is I think they're going to crush a lot of baseballs. And the one thing that's never a variable with this team is you're going to have really good defense and really good base running, and that matters. What what about the vibe around the team? I mean, you mentioned what Albert Pujols brought to the lineup. You know, when he was signed and arrived in camp, there was like, I mean, it was like helium filled the room and it was lifted, you know, whatever, 10,000, 30,000 feet in the air with how much people were just like thrilled to have him around. I mean, there was like a real palpable sense of, thank goodness this guy's back. Uh, I, I was really struck by that. Have you, what's the vibe that you get, not just on the field, but off the field? So, First off, last year when the Dodgers were in town, talking to the aforementioned Joe Kelly, I said, what's Albert, you know, been like for you guys? He said, he's been great. Like, he's been great with the young players. He's generous with his time. He's been outstanding. So I figured that would be a plus right off the bat when the Cardinals brought him over. Um, I, I think, you know, when, when Albert got here, people were like, enough talking about Albert and everything. And I'm like, no, I'm just reflecting what the players think. Yeah. Like the, the player, I, I'm happy he's here, but the players, I mean, every guy in that clubhouse is thrilled to have Albert around. And the vibe I get from this team, and I was just telling someone is, it's a pretty relaxed group. Um, I think they're confident in what they can be, and I just sense that there's, everyone's on the same page. And yeah. look, you could say that's rights holder rigmarole, as I've heard on the radio for years. No, it's true, and I, I wouldn't tell you that in past years I would come on and say, 
this is a total feeling of relaxation. To me, it's a little different this year. That's what I see. That's interesting. I, I said helium. Probably a better description would be I gave him a shot of adrenaline. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 there's a real... Helium implies floating and yeah. there's happiness. Buoyancy. Buoyancy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so okay. that's a good word. All right. So, and, and then it also gave him kind of a shot of adrenaline. I, you know, I, I, I do think going into this season, um, during the 99-day lockout, you know, they, the Cardinals were not talking to the Cardinals officials and everything like that. We're not talking to the media. I was still able to talk to players. And one of the things that struck me was they had this real kind of undercurrent of a secret they knew that other people did not, which was how good they were going to be. And at the same time, you find out later, you know, the coaching staff kind of felt that same way. I mean, they, they really felt that the team that they were towards the end, not, you know, during the 17-game winning streak, not that those kind of results would be duplicated, but that style of play could be duplicated. And if they could do that, then they could win a division. Then they could play with confidence. They could play with a little swagger that they, that they were lacking. And they felt like they knew this, even though they had the jarring experience where they fired the manager. But they thought they could keep it going. And, and it was also kind of palpable then when spring training started. This this notion that like they thought they were far better than everybody else did. Yeah, I, I got that sense too. And you know, part of the fact that you know the thing with Schilt, who you know everybody liked, and but it is jarring to use your word, words, uh, word. But I think the thing that made it easier is the replacement is Ollie, who they knew, who was you know, Schilt and Ollie were connected at the hip, so they knew what was coming, and I think that added to the sense of we can be what we were last year when everything started to click. And aside from the fact that they rattled off seventeen straight wins, which was great. The thing that was a constant, and I, I, again, I'll go back to this, defense, base running, the fundamentals, mm-hmm. those were in place, okay? And I, what we saw in the second half last year was a lot of guys hitting well, and I think we're going to see more of that this year. You mentioned how Oliver Marmol, the Cardinals' new manager, mentioned tied at the hip to Mike Schilt. That is not to say that they're the same guy or even have the same approach and I think we've gotten a sense of that already this season certainly did during spring training you and I have been you know on the road here and around this team now for four different managers which is you know I I guess that's four years on other beats but around here that's a pretty big deal uh, what have you thought uh, are some changes or some some differences that Marmol brings than, say, the three previous guys that, that you've covered as manager? So I want to say this as nicely as I can. Part of the calmness or the, you know, the sort of the, the relaxed feel, I think, comes from Ollie. Because yeah. I'll be honest with you, like, Ollie doesn't look at media from either the team media or outside as I don't think he looks at it as a threat I think he looks at it as you guys are doing your job I'm going to do my thing and it's a peaceful coexistence at this point now could the water get choppy yes will it losing streak will change things will it you know probably I but I think he's able to handle it but the thing that struck me is I'm talking to Ollie before the game um home opener season opener and I said little nervous butterflies and he goes I'll be honest with you no like I know the job and I know what I got to do and to me that to me that was a little difference that I saw I I like the fact that he I, I would expect him to say that I think it's some of the things that he says beyond that that give that gravity He's so frank at times, um, especially in his evaluation of players. He can be very blunt. 
and we've covered other managers that are purposefully optimistic. They feel like they're speaking to the player or cheering the player on through their comments to the media. And there have been times where Marmol has just been matter of fact. Like, I can't hide that pitching line. I can't hide that that you know, that 0 for 4 you with 4 strikeouts. You're not going to win? Yeah. That kind of thing? I can't hide from that. So why am I going to, you know, give it some kind of inflation that it doesn't? Or why am I going to, you know, give it a varnish when it doesn't deserve it? And so I think that gives the comments like the one you expect more oomph because it's like all right if he's being blunt with like a criticism or blunt with you know something that was negative then that adds some credence and doesn't make it sound like he's always trying to give the rosiest picture uh, of the team you you know what i mean i understand i think part of that too is, is confidence that you know he sees it for what it is he believes in his players and you know, if he's going to tell it like it is, that's because he believes a guy will come around or will improve. That's what that tells me. I don't think he feels the need to have to varnish things. Yeah. It, what What has it been? What has it been like for you as far as like the interaction with him pregame? One of the things that really stood out to me that helps our job is how he's willing to explain his thoughts, what he's doing. Part of that is he needs to because they want to do some new things for a very old franchise. They want to have some new looks to the lineup, some new uses of, of pitching. You know, Palante going into that spot, a little bit new. Matchups, Corey Dickerson starting the day after Albert Pujols goes gonzo with power. Um, you know, he, he needs to explain this to the fans because it is going to be a new look to things. How have you found him in that regard? eager eager to give you time to explain it that's how i look at it and i think as in my experience some managers are like yeah you don't you don't need to know that or i don't have to explain that i think he likes to explain it. i think he likes the transparency of of it all and the way he runs things like you can go ask him a question pretty much at any point and he'll give you an, an explanation doesn't get mad at you or anything like that he's he's glad to do it and again I, I just think that speaks to a guy who's pretty confident in his preparation and, you know, his grasp on what he has to accomplish. I have a pet theory that, like, well, I have two, and I'll run them by you here because you've been around. I think you can often tell how good a Cardinals team is by how Yadier Molina like talks about it or how he acts on the field and you know what his expectations are of a team that that, that, that's kind of a window into how how good he thinks it is the other one is a more recent thing i kind of get the sense that this team is better the more it starts to reflect nolan arenado's personality and the way he plays i mean this is a guy who adores baseball throws himself into baseball really is never satisfied with his swing and almost anything that he does. But then there are moments when he hits home runs, like in Miami in the second game, and can't find first base because he's so excited to point to his family in the yeah. crowd. And he gives like some kind of scream at the end. You know, he's not putting his head down and running fast around the bases. And, and I wanted to get your thoughts on those two things. One, the, the Yadier is kind of, uh, you know, he he's – He's the uh, what is it the the weather vane to kind of tell you which direction the wind blows, and that the better this team gets, the more it re- reflects Arenado's personality. I okay, so I think that's correct to a certain extent, but I think the starting rotation sort of reflects the personality of Wayno. Okay, in a sense, yeah. um, and I still think Yadi is a guy who's looked to 
quite a bit for leadership, except I do sense this year, and it's early, and Yachty's admittedly not where he wants to be in terms of, you know, being in shape. And But I do get the sense that Yachty realizes this is the last go-round and that the team is moving forward, into, you know, even beyond him. Mm. And I think he's embracing that. So I think there's a lot of accuracy to what you say. But I do think it's kind of piecemeal because, as you know, sometimes – the pitching staff is an entity unto itself, and I think, you know, that's that's Wayno territory. But I do agree with with your whole assessment of uh, of Arenado. And by the way, he did, and in this in this post game interview, he did at the end say, "Can I just give a shout out to my people here? Because yeah. I'm always awful when I play here." And uh, so this was for you, which was pretty cool. It was. He talked about it with us afterwards about how, you know, I mean, he hadn't hit a home run here since 2017. Gone, what, hit like 195 overall here. You know, he had three strikeouts in that game when Sandy Alcantara was remarkable. Um, former Cardinal prospect who's now, I mean, by every measure, the ace of the Marlins staff. And, and once he came out, you knew the Cardinals were probably going to win the game. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. It had that feel to it. And, you know, I mean, but part of why they got him out of there is 27 pitch first inning. And although Arnaldo struck out three times in the first three at-bats against Alcantara, he, he had 17 pitches. Um, just in general term, or well, I guess it's not general, I guess it's specific about play. I mean, what, what have you thought, what are your thoughts on Arnaldo's start to this season? Uh, I think it's, I think it's amazing to watch him do his thing, but not surprising at all. I mean, he was talking to me, and I know you wrote about this about the, the knob of his bat being the, the puck style, and he was saying, yeah, you know, after last season, you know, I thought, yeah, I want to get my bat faster, I want to hit the ball harder, and I'm like, that wouldn't have been my thought. I would have <laughs> sat back and said, good job, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But that kind of tells you who he is, you know. Like he's never satisfied. As you mentioned. I mean, he loves this game. Loves the game. You watch him take ground balls before a game. He's he's as as into it as if it were a game. He loves everything about this game. I think it's reflected in his play. And he's one of those guys that you will watch just to see him at the plate, or even just to see him play third base. I mean, he's a show. What what are you watching for now? I mean, you know, the production from the leadoff hitter, Dylan Carlson got a day off after going 0 for 14. He'll bring that into the next game, which will have already happened by the time people listen to this. Um, Tommy Edmund Edmund off to a good start. Uh, You know, Paul Goldschmidt, not you know, slow starter as usual. Yeah, him I don't I don't really look at because. History will tell you he'll start slow and then he'll catch fire. He had 500 in spring, though, so you kind of think that maybe he was going to jump start at the beginning of the season. Here's the thing about spring training, and I I mentioned this because Tommy had a bad spring training, but he was working on things with air quotes. Okay, when it's a player you want to do well and he does well, you go, oh, he's going to have a great year. And when it's a player you're not so sure, you know, or you he's – He's a player you want to see do well, but doesn't. You go, oh, he's working on something. It's almost cliche. He's working, but Tommy was. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tommy told me, especially against lefties, he found a problem with the way he was using his hips and driving off his back leg. Yeah, and he was taking at bats specifically designed to do that. And so his numbers, he said, I don't. He actually said, spring training results don't matter. Work does. Um, so, you know, I, I I don't worry about Goldsmith. Edmonds off to a great. I, I what I look at right now is. There's a lot of pressure on DeYoung, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cardinals decided 
you know, even though there's some big ticket shortstops, we think the best free agent class at that position in our lifetime. But they believe DeYoung will hit. I, you know, he's a very good defender, um, and so they believed in him. So I want to see how he responds. He's, you know, as you know, he's a really bright guy, really talented player. Off to a slow start. I want to see if the how he handles this and if he can get back on track, which I I think he will. And a guy like Harrison Bader, who wants to get off to a fast start and not have to worry about being a guy who's just out there for his defense. Some of the slow starters I'm looking at to see how they respond. How, from a reporter host for Bally Sports Midwest... Mostly reporter. Mostly reporter. From a reporter and storyteller point of view, that's what I should say. From a storyteller and, and an entertainer. I mean, as we talked about, entertainment is part of it. How, how do you look at covering this team and balancing the nostalgia element with the high expectations element. I mean, you you could cover this season merely from the last lap of two remarkable Cooperstown-bound careers and then whatever Wainwright chooses to do. But along the way, Wainwright and Molina are going to set some pretty remarkable major league records. Albert Pujols might take a run at 700. I mean, you think about like how that might dominate a month of coverage. So how do you balance those stories with still the expectations that come with wearing the uniform? Baseball games are long, so you have plenty of time to do that. No, and, and that's the beauty of the sport. And I think it's a great point to make. Because it can't all be nostalgia. I mean, when when they signed pools, oh, it was for nostalgia. No, not really. If it's a need, and, and the guy can still hit, look at the splits. Um, so you have to be careful not to talk too much about legacy and that kind of stuff while not focusing on what they're doing right now because together they're doing great so far. I mean, and this team, as I said, I think they're going to be really good. So... You're just careful. But I'll tell you, you know, you talk about entertainment. Getting Albert on the post-game interview after he hits a couple of bombs, that might be legacy stuff, but that's also entertainment. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's entertainment. Well, how has this been? Like, I mean, you, you're not on the road for a couple of years trying to do what we were all trying to do is tell the best story through limited means of Zoom. We had to get creative. We had to look at different ways to tell stories. And now you're back on the road, and all of a sudden the Cardinals give you Christmas. Right. You know, they, I mean, they, they're like, here, here's all your gifts. Not only Christmas, but like I said, every every player is relaxed. And, you know, and granted, we haven't hit a rough patch, which yeah. every season has a rough patch, but everyone's been great to deal with. And my reaction is I'm going to wear a floppy hat poolside and <laughs> interview T.J. McFarland. You know, I, I just, like I said, it's important to me because I think the country, the world has been through so much. We're back on the road. It seems like we're heading the right direction. We're as close to normal as, as we've been in a long time. I want to have fun. I want to make sure I have fun doing pregames. And I want to try to bring some of that to the players and and to the audience, the 14 viewers or whatever we have. I'm going to put you on the spot before I tell you about the detour I took before our interview. I haven't forgotten. What's the what's the interview you're chasing? What's the one you want? Whether it's a, a it's a location or it's it's a topic. What, what are the one? What's the one you're chasing? Well, I mean, it's not a big chase. I haven't done a sit down with Albert yet, and. Albert is not always not always ready to do a sit down. And don't get me wrong, he, you know yeah. he's been on post game, and he's been very good. He did a whole group interview the other day with the, you know a bunch of media. Held my uh, recorder. He did, 
and and ask your question. Yeah, of, yeah. yeah that I think that's how I'm going to lead this podcast. So if people listen to it, that's that's will be the pretty great. It's actually pretty great. So that's the one I'm looking forward to. But I have some ideas that um, for certain road trips in certain cities of trying to do off-campus things. A little bit more of that, which isn't always possible because, you know, it's not our shooter on the road. People have to understand. And people should also understand, on the road sometimes, I have a wireless mic that can't leave the dugout. So like, Oh, that happened in Milwaukee, right? So the other, like the other day, there was you know, a kid caught Pujols' homer. I'd be all over that if I could, but technically I can't. So there's a lot of things I have in mind, but the sit-down I want to do is Albert. I want to make sure I do it at the right time where it plays better. And I, my goal is I want to try, try to make Albert. You know how serious he gets in interviews sometimes? I want to make him either laugh or smile. If I can make him laugh or smile in an interview, I feel like I've earned my money. That's pretty good. All right, the detour I took. So Rick Hummel is going to be covering the team in Cincinnati. You're on your way to Cincinnati for the last leg of this three-city stop. Um, so since I'm not going to Cincinnati, do you know where I went for lunch? Where? In Florida, on the way to the ballpark, there's a skyline. No, Chill there's there. not. There is. Why? Why? You love that. Because it's amazing. You love that stuff. I Look, I know every city has its own thing, and whether or not... I mean, it seems like if you have it from a young age, you end up liking it anyway, whether it's good or not. Skyline Chili's not good. I've done it. It's great. You're right. It's not. It's great. As you know, I've done several player taste tests over the years. I might do that in Cincinnati with the Skyline Chili because they make it such a big part of the city, and no one has ever liked it. Um, I'm not going to eat it when they have it in the press box unless there's absolutely no other food. Um, But it's hard for me to imagine... Something like Skyline, which is a local delicacy because it's grandfathered in, would be popular in a place like Florida where there's so many other great choices. It's right there outside in Fort Lauderdale. See, I thought that you might appreciate the fact that it's beyond Cincinnati and that might give it some credibility in your... No, I appreciate that you sought it out (laughs) and that you like it that much. That's, That's... dogged determination to get that skyline. Absolutely, show. yeah. If, it, if the road trip involves Cincinnati and I'm not going to go, I'm not going to be denied my skyline chili. God bless. Jim, thank you very much. That Jim, That's Jim Hayes, reporter slash host, mostly reporter, but most of all entertainer with Bally Sports Midwest. Man, it is good to see you back on the road. It's good to see you do your work and, uh, you know, it's, it's also just nice to have company. There are a couple of years of pretty lonely on the road it's nice to be back thank you for having me on i appreciate it thanks jim